Section 21 of The Fireside Chats of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Melvin Lee. The Fireside Chats of Franklin Delano Roosevelt by Franklin D. Roosevelt. Section 21. February 23, 1942. Part 2. It has been said that Japanese gains in the Philippines were made possible only by the success of their surprise attack on Pearl Harbor. I tell you that this is not so. Even if the attack had not been made, your map will show that it would have been a hopeless operation for us to send the fleet to the Philippines through thousands of miles of ocean while all those island bases were under the sole control of the Japanese. The consequences of the attack on Pearl Harbor, serious as they were, have been wildly exaggerated in other ways, and these exaggerations come originally from Axis propagandists. But they have been repeated, I regret to say, by Americans in and out of public life. You and I have the utmost contempt for Americans, who, since Pearl Harbor have whispered or announced off the record that there was no longer any Pacific fleet, that the fleet was all sunk or destroyed on December 7th, that more than a thousand of our planes were destroyed on the ground. They have suggested slyly that the government has withheld the truth about casualties, that eleven or twelve thousand men were killed at Pearl Harbor, instead of the figures as officially announced. They have even served the enemy propagandists by spreading the incredible story that shiploads of bodies of our honored American dead were about to arrive in New York Harbor to be put into a common grave. Almost every Axis broadcast, Berlin, Rome, Tokyo, directly quotes Americans who, by speech or in the press, make damnable misstatements such as these. The American people realize that in many cases Details of military operations cannot be disclosed until we are absolutely certain that the announcement will not give to the enemy military information which he does not already possess. Your government has unmistakable confidence in your ability to hear the worst without flinching or losing heart. You must in turn have complete confidence that your government is keeping nothing from you except information that will help the enemy in his attempt to destroy us. In a democracy there is always a solemn pact of truth between government and the people, but there must also always be a full use of discretion, and that word discretion applies to the critics of government as well. This is war. The American people want to know, and will be told, the general trend of how the war is going. But they do not wish to help the enemy any more than our fighting forces do, and they will pay little attention to the rumor mongers and the poison peddlers in our midst. To pass from the realm of rumor and poison to the field of facts, the number of our officers and men killed in the attack on Pearl Harbor on December 7th was 2,340, and the number of wounded was 940. Of all of the combatant ships based on Pearl Harbor, battleships, heavy cruisers, light cruisers, aircraft carriers, destroyers, and submarines, 
only three are permanently put out of commission very many of the ships of the pacific fleet were not even in pearl harbor some of those that were there were hit very slightly and others that were damaged have either rejoined the fleet by now or are still undergoing repairs and when these repairs are completed the ships will be more efficient fighting machines than they were before the report that we lost more than a thousand planes at pearl harbor is as baseless as the other weird rumors the japanese do not know just how many planes they destroyed that day and i am not going to tell them but i can say that to date including pearl harbor we have destroyed considerably more japanese planes than they have destroyed of ours we have certainly suffered losses from hitler's u-boats in the atlantic as well as from the japanese in the pacific and we shall suffer more of them before the turn of the tide but speaking for the united states of america let me say once and for all to the people of the world we americans have been compelled to yield ground but we will regain it we and the other united nations are committed to the destruction of the militarism of japan and germany we are daily increasing our strength soon we and not our enemies will have the offensive we not they will win the final battles and we not they will make the final peace conquered nations in europe know what the yoke of the nazis is like and the people of korea and manchuria know in their flesh the harsh despotism of japan all of the people of asia know that if there is to be an honorable and decent future for any of them or any of us that future depends on victory by the united nations over the forces of axis enslavement if a just and durable peace is to be attained or even if all of us are merely to save our own skins there is one thought for us here at home to keep uppermost the fulfillment of our special task of production germany and italy and japan are very close to their maximum output of planes guns tanks and ships the united nations are not especially the united states of america our first job then is to build up production uninterrupted production so that the united nations can maintain control of the seas and attain control of the air not merely a slight superiority but an overwhelming superiority on january sixth of this year i set certain definite goals of production for airplanes tanks guns and ships the axis propagandists called them fantastic tonight nearly two months later and after a careful survey of progress by donald nelson and others charged with responsibility for our production i can tell you that those goals will be attained in every part of the country experts in production and the men and women at work in the plants are giving loyal service with few exceptions labor capital and farming realize that this is no time either to make undue profits or to gain special advantages one over the other we are calling for new plants and additions additions to old plants we are calling for plant conversion to war needs we are seeking more men and more women to run them we are working longer hours we are coming to realize that one extra plane or extra tank or extra gun or extra ship completed tomorrow may in a few months 
turn the tide on some distant battlefield it may make the difference between life and death for some of our fighting men we know now that if we lose this war it will be generations or even centuries before our conception of democracy can live again and we can lose this war only if we slow up our effort or if we waste our ammunition sniping at each other here are three high purposes for every american number one we shall not stop work for a single day if any dispute arises we shall keep on working while the dispute is solved by mediation or conciliation or arbitration until the war is won two we shall not demand special gains or special privileges or special advantages for any one group or occupation three we shall give up conveniences and modify the routine of our lives if our country asks us to do so we will do it cheerfully remembering that the common enemy seeks to destroy every home and every freedom in every part of our land this generation of americans has come to realize with a present and personal realization that there is something larger and more important than the life of any individual or of any individual group something for which a man will sacrifice and gladly sacrifice not only his pleasures not only his goods not only his associations with those he loves but his life itself in time of crisis when the future is in the balance we come to understand with full recognition and devotion what this nation is and what we owe to it the axis propagandists have tried in various evil ways to destroy our determination and our morale failing in that they are now trying to destroy our confidence in our own allies they say that the british are finished that the russians and the chinese are about to quit patriotic and sensible americans will reject these absurdities and instead of listening to any of this crude propaganda they will recall some of the things that nazis and japanese have said and are still saying about us ever since this nation became the arsenal of democracy ever since enactment of lend-lease there has been one persistent theme through all axis propaganda this theme has been that americans are admittedly rich that americans have considerable industrial power but that americans are soft and decadent that they cannot and will not unite and work and fight from berlin rome and tokyo we have been described as a nation of weaklings playboys who would hire british soldiers or russian soldiers or chinese soldiers to do our fighting for us let them repeat that now let them tell that to general macarthur and his men let them tell that to the sailors who today are hitting hard in the far waters of the pacific let them tell that to the boys in the flying fortresses let them tell that to the marines the united nations constitute an association of independent peoples of equal dignity and equal importance the united nations are dedicated to a common cause we share equally and with equal zeal anguish and the awful sacrifices of war in the partnership of our common enterprise we must share in a unified plan 
in which all of us must play our several parts, each of us being equally indispensable and dependent one on the other. We have unified command and cooperation and comradeship. We Americans will contribute unified production and unified acceptance of sacrifice and of effort. That means a national unity that can know no limitations of race or creed or selfish politics. The American people will expect that much from themselves, and the American people will find ways and means of expressing their determination to their enemies, including the Japanese admiral who has said that he will dictate the terms of peace here in the White House. We of the United Nations are agreed on certain broad principles in the kind of peace we seek. The Atlantic Charter applies not only to the parts of the world that border the Atlantic, but to the whole world. Disarmament of aggressors, self-determination of nations and peoples, and the four freedoms, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom from want, and freedom from fear. The British and the Russian people have known the full fury of Nazi onslaught. There have been times when the fate of London and Moscow was in serious doubt, but there was never the slightest question that either the British or the Russians would yield, and today all the United Nations salute the superb Russian army as it celebrates the 24th anniversary of its first assembly. Though their homeland was overrun, the Dutch people are still fighting stubbornly and powerfully overseas. The great Chinese people have suffered grievous losses. Chongqing has been almost wiped out of existence, yet it remains the capital of an unbeatable China. That is the conquering spirit which prevails throughout the United Nations in this war. The task that we Americans now face will test us to the uttermost. Never before have we been called upon for such a prodigious effort. Never before have we had so little time in which to do so much. These are the times that try men's souls. Tom Paine wrote those words on a drumhead by the light of a campfire. That was when Washington's little army of ragged, rugged men was retreating across New Jersey, having tasted nothing but defeat. And General Washington ordered that these great words written by Tom Paine be read to the men of every regiment in the Continental Army. And this was the assurance given to the first American armed forces. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service of their country. But he that stands it now deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. Tyranny like hell is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us, that the harder the sacrifice, the more glorious the triumph. So spoke Americans in the year 1776. So speak Americans today. End of section 21.